This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Good evening, Jason Glick. How the hell are you? I'm doing just good, John. Yourself? Not too bad. Excellent. So uh, tonight, um, I'm talking about a series that you know I believe I mentioned a while back on, on the blog that I probably wouldn't be uh, mentioning unless a specific writer was um, dealing with it. That series would be um, Crossed. Which um started which basically um was birthed into existence through Garth by Garth Ennis and um and an artist on on the first arc um Jason Burroughs. Um, Crossed was a um interesting take on the whole like you know civilization collapses due to some sort of um, evil plague, not not really zombies but basically um the Crossed um are basically um people who have through through some sort of weird um it's like like weird um, quirk of nature have become it's like have lost all all empathy and ability to act as compassionate humans basically it's like the glue the, the glue that holds society together um the the cross do not like do not possess any of it and they will just um they they going to commit just like any kind of atrocity that you've that you've read or imagined that humans are are capable of now like the first um, Ennis's um, first um, arc was act- was one of the best things I read in the year it came out, mainly because while you know everything I just told you holds true, it also works on an interesting meta level in the sense that you've got these like these ordinary people who have survived like the initial outbreak, and and then you and then there's like dealing with like how do you maintain your like your like your, your humanity in a world where everything has just gone to complete hell, but. Um, it also worked the metal level it works on is that you know by um creating these um this 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 disease this this outbreak where um that basically allows humanity to give into its worst impulses and um engage in all sorts of crazy ass ultra violence and depravity you've basically got like you've um, and it's basically gave himself a license to indulge in his in all of his worst impulses in terms of like vi- in terms of violence, sex, and gore, and then uh, he, on one level, and then like focus all of his characters, character building skills, like on these other people as they react to it. So basically, you've got all these people trapped in a uh, Garth Ennis comic, for lack of a better term. And I thought that worked really well because it allowed Ennis to um fo- to basically just uh, you know in- indulge himself and also deliver some of the stuff that um that he that he works best at problem is that after the first arc Ennis um, basically gave the uh, series up to the to the creative community to say hey if you want to want to crack at this um, go ahead and knock yourselves out and the results for that were not that impressive David Lapham did um, the, um, the two subsequent arcs and um, he had some interesting ideas such as you know what happens when like the person most capable of um, like leading people in this into this new world is also a child molester, or what happens when like you know you got like a, a crazy ass serial killer you know working um, amongst like you know the survivors. <sighs> neither, um, even if they had some good ideas, they neither of them um, ultimately lived up to potential, and they basically just delivered in a uh, wall an excuse to wallow in um, like um the, like go- like gore and just like and, like um immaturity. Then you had the um, ongoing series, Badlands, which um, Ennis did the first first arc, and um, Jamie Delano came on for the second, and Delano, well, yeah, I don't know, it's like, it was still kind of more of the same. Just, just like, there were some interesting ideas, but it was just like more just like go, like like um, pointless score and stuff, and then when 
it was real laughing we coming back for another arc. I thought, okay, fuck this. I'm only gonna read I'm only gonna read cross stories that um that feature Garth Ennis in it. Well eventually um um word reached my ear that um there was another writer who was also um delivering um a good cross story um as part of in in webcomic form. That would be um Simon Spurrier who, like, people with um, uh, memories to the, to the beginning of this year remember as the, um, as the writer of um, X-Men Legacy, the, the arc that the, the version of the series that focused on um, Professor X's son, Legion. Um, Spurrier, um, he, he, tells, he gives us, in Wish You Were Here, he gives you gives a story of a, uh, of a group of people who aren't running from the cross. They've actually set up shop on, a, uh, on an island um, off the coast of Scotland, or Scotland or England, I can't remember, that is basically um, like for more or less, you know, safe from these um, cra- crazies. Like, yeah, especially some will try to make will um, try to make their way across, like on a boat. But um, there's always enough. Um, but they've all got someone on watch, and they're it's like they're able to take, pick off the uh, stragglers, and also some of the more um, baroque attempts, like the uh, cow with a hand grenade shoved up his ass, stuff like that. So you've got this like. This, this this group of people who are just like you know more or less surviving, no, not just surviving, but also just like you know making a uh, making like a so community and life for themselves that, that doesn't you know hinge on just you know like how are we gonna like, get through get through today and all. And um, the focus of this story, because the story is told through his diary entries, is um guy by the name of um Shakespeare, nicknamed Shakespeare, and um Shaky to the rest of everyone. We never find out his real name, but we do find out a lot, of, um, a lot about him. So much about him, because while well, he started off the um, before the outbreak, when the outbreak hit, he was just a uh, he was a writer, you know, just doing stuff like um, writing superhero comics. And then when the uh, outbreak hit, he was just like completely unequipped to deal with this, and just spent the uh, first like first cup first few days just just. Um, just bounding around through um, one from one horror to the next, and then eventually, it's like before, eventually, I'm um, winding up with a group of um, survivors after he manages to, uh, yeah, you know, kill like a um, like a, a little girl who has been crossed um, with with a shotgun thrown to him by a particularly nasty piece of work named the Gamekeeper. He's the Gamekeeper is a grade A bastard who. Um, but um, he's also the kind of guy who you want on your side when the entire world like is filled with crazy psychos who are trying trying to kill you, kill you, rape you, and then cut new holes in you so they can rape you some more. So that's so that's so the story basically splits in two. It takes two parallel part um tracks. One follows um Shaky as he um you know like survives through the initial outbreak and then the other follows him in the present day as he as he goes through his daily life on on Kava and um this and and the from the very beginning one of the the key things we learn about him is that you know he, his theory for surviving the, uh, the the this modern world is like there's is that there are plenty of mysteries in it and all you have to then there's there's mysteries 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 and you have to ignore 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 so that's that's his thing and he's and yeah, he's kind of a self, fairly self-centered guy, but and that as we, as we come to learn, in the sense that he's that even if he's not necessarily an outright bastard, he's kind of self-centered in a very very casual way, in that he's all that his um like a lot of his 
his ongoing monologues are just like solely about his focus on it's like on the wor- world and how and his, his interpretation of everyone around around him. I mean, there's some fun. There's a lot of fun to be had for his interpretations, seeing his interpretations of the cast, and also just seeing um, like the the random craziness that pops up, such as the uh, the carrion birds that bring bits of cross to the like to the island. Um, the uh, it's like the two the two leaders it has um don the um pretent- pretentious um like like intel- intellectual who um it's like who it's all about like you know self glorification but still has some good ideas and how like you know self centered like his approach can be and rab who's like the uh like the hard the hard man it's like but um also but but also not one for um like like the um niceties of uh, of leadership and all and and it's like that there's also and it's like there's a fairly there's a broadcast beyond there. Not a lot of red shirts in there, of course, but um, the uh, but the um, four volumes of Crossed Wish You Were Here can basically be broke up broken up into arcs. The first volume basically um, is the introduction arc that just sets you that introduces you to Shaky, showcases his worldview, shows you how he got gives gives you an idea of how of um how he got to Ka- how he got to Kava and um what. It's like, and also his um, plan for just like you know dealing with the mind-numbing boredom of being on the island. Volume two basically has um, shaky and has shaky and um, a select a group of volunteers. Um, well, not volunteers, um, unlucky um, lottery victims um, being forced to um, leave Kava and um, get to get supplies for everyone. In turn, this brings this brings back some unwelcome heat to the island in the form of a uh, of a very um, uh, militant um, it's like survivor who has who has a um, heat has a heat sensor that he thinks makes him a, a total badass and also working on the whole fight back. Mind you, um, in the world of Crossed, fight back is one word because anyone who thinks about m- mounting the fight back against the Crossed is a goddamn asshole. And an idiot, and that's this guy. But that's not the only thing, because we also get to know more about the uh, the weird, um, strange nun with not not a cross symbol on her face, but an X that the uh, the cross scar has grown into, and how she uh, is basically is leading a certain a group of crossed, and uh, also following um Shaky and his crew back to the island. In fact, and that's one of the focuses of Volume Three because. Remember I mentioned like Shaky's theory of mysteries, 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 ignore, ignore, ignore. Well, with um the nun following and her crew following Shaky back to the island, this is he's brought them a uh, mis- mystery they can't ignore. It's like and so it, not only is his is his social standing falling in volume three, but then we also get the um the like some new sorry, some new people here, the drift fleet from America. Who are basically they're trying to um, get enough supplies in order to, um, it's like in order to go along, but um, they also bring some interesting threats in the sense that you know, like they represent a uh, better, a new, better life, better alternative to the, uh, it's like to the, the sustenance living on Kava, and also a threat to them, Don and Rab's leadership, and they turn to Shaky saying like, hey, we know you're a real snake, and you're gonna do whatever you takes um like be amongst you know people who will take care of you so we need you to like help us out in like maintaining this whole status quo we've got here and shaky does some really um morally questionable stuff that that not only 
not only for the benefit of um, of them, but also for the benefit of the girl he's impregnated impregnated as well. But this also has some real dire consequences in the sense that the nun um, she is also watching, and she's got and she ha- she and her has her own agenda with the cross that she's commanding. Volume four is basically when the shit hits the fan, and that um, everyone finds out that the uh, that the island is um, not nearly the safe haven they 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 realize and that the crossed were only um, toying with them. But at the same time, though, the nun has her own agenda. And this is probably um, Spur here's most vital contribution to the series in the sense that he um, creates a uh, really uh, a really unbelievable way for the cross to um, act the way they do here. In the sense that um, here... This is a series about the cross learning about the merits of delayed gratification, because you know, they, as as the as the outbreak began, they had like so many humans to torture and defile and murder, and it's like you know, life was good, but then you know, what do you do? What do a bunch of crazy um, psychopaths do when they're they don't have any humans to to um to murder? They just walk around the country and they're being bored, and um, it's it's. And it's only then that the concept of delayed gratification is introduced to them by the nun that they uh, they finally learn about you know, how to properly stave off their impulses for the promise of um, better times down the, down the road. I understand that this is also um, relevant be- relevant to the to um, Alan Moore's um, Cross Plus One Hundred series. That um, first volume should be arriving um, sometime next week for me as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But, um, like, the core of this, the series, is shaky and um, his relationship with the nun, who, who has a um, really funny um, Irish name um, that basically sounds out as Ian. And um, the, uh, like in the relationship they have, because, like, you know, like, she, cause, like, she's introduced to us as um, someone who is, like, you know, beyond good. I mean, she is just, like, the moral, she's just, like, um, a moral ramrod, but not, but not like say like a, a rules lawyer, um, D and D paladin type. She she just knows the exact like the right, the good the best thing to do, like the right thing to do. But also um and also has enough restraint in order to um you know make sure that that you know it's like others' needs are fulfilled above above her own. And it's and um now her worldview is slowly um broken. Through um, the time she spends with um, the game gameskeeper and Shaky, and then Shaky um, by himself, but it's but it's it, it's fascinating to see in the sense that you know it's like it it doesn't the, the time even though it's like you know it's like it's like it eventually leads leads to something bad. I mean, it's basically spelled out in the very first volume when she shows up, but um, the time she spends with Shaky just it still feels um, pretty like um pretty believable in the sense that, you know, these two people could, you know, fall, you know, fall in love and, um, you know, like, get together, but then there's all sorts of bad horror movie cliche stuff that pops up as well. I mean, yeah, there are certain, there are certain tropes that, um, prop, that pop up in the series and stuff that doesn't work as, as well as expected. Like, like, finding out about the uh, woman who, uh, who offers, like, stones for sex, because um, that's the only way she can survive after being deafened and not knowing the language. I mean, that's it's kind of it's it's really creepy, but it's also something that's not not fleshed out as well as it could could have been. Because it's basically only one story, right? Like in the first in the first volume, 
It's like, and also the, um, it's like, it's like, I mean, it, I guess with, with, um, I mean, Shaky is a, is a fascinating, um, fascinating protagonist in the sense that, you know, um, his, his girlfriend, the one he impregnates, um, she, she, she thinks that, oh, you're, on one hand, I think you're, you're an, you're an arsehole pretending to be a nice guy, but I'm also hoping you're a nice guy pretending to be an, an arsehole was pretending to be a nice guy, like a double bluff. And at the, at the end, you know, it's like, it's like shaky, shaky. He's just telling a story. He's just like, this is, he, you get the feeling that like, it's all, this is all kind of like one big meta take that, that, um, shaky, shaky as a writer, he's, he knows how his story is supposed to end, and he just wants to maximize the the drama. It's like as as a result, but it just doesn't work out for him in the way way that he expects. In fact, his his, his big dramatic speech, it's like in volume four to um to the nun Aeon, um is basically upended by um by what by one of the supercrossed who has basically learned even greater depths of delayed gratification. So that's. So it's so one so yeah it's um shaky's um it's a shaky journey uh, and it's he's a bastard it's like and um he ultimately doesn't care enough about other people in order to uh it's like to really save anyone in in the end in fact um the uh rab the uh the leader um like one of the leaders basically says yeah yeah shaky you know what people just seem to Die around you too much before breaking his feet. So it's so there's there's like a welcome sense of self self awareness there, and um and and but and ultimately like even though there was like a huge amount of gore in this in this series, um it's ultimately it's not ultimately about the uh, the crazy ass shit. It's so it's about about shaky, it's personal journey. It's like and the uh, it's like and the depths to which um love level. Pr- persevere even when um someone is com- completely changed beyond beyond recognition i mean it's like there is some very creative stuff um with the gore done here and since yeah you know, like i don't think i've ever seen a baby used for skeet shooting before but wow that was something and um it's like oh and the series also kicks off with um a guy um like, you know fucking a dolphin in his blow in its blowhole on a beach so yeah, there, this is crossed. There's gonna be like lots of really over the top gory shit here. So there's like down that barrier of en- barrier to entry. But if you can get past that, you'll find that it's also a series that's that's definitely a lot more thoughtful than um, most of the other stuff that has come out from this, like from this franchise. And that Spurrier, like ultimately, he's going. He's he's a guy who gets the cross gets the concept of crossed in a way that um, I've only seen Ennis really do justice to. It's probably telling that um, after Alan Moore did his um, initial arc on crossed plus 100, um, Spurrier is, um, took over for him with issue 6. Sorry, issue 7. So really, it's like, I, it's like, I really enjoyed crossed. Um, wish, you were here, wish you were here. And um, while, like, if you... Like well, if you liked, and so basically, if you liked Ennis's first volume, which is basically the uh, litmus test you ha- I give you for like um, get during whether or not the series is for you, um, like if you like that, definitely pick up the four volumes for Wish Wish You Were Here. It's probably the best best I've read from this series outside of the initial arc. Okay, John, um, any thoughts on your end about all this? 
Well, sounds interesting. <laughs> I haven't read it, but, um, you know, um, the way you describe it makes it sound interesting. Um, you know, they're not zombies, but... No, it's like there. <laughs> it, it is definitely a dystopian world view. You know, a dystopian world future. So, yeah, it's like it's 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 pretty messed up. And like like I said, a lot of a lot of creators just try to see this as kind of like an excuse to just be as gory and over the top as possible. But um, Ennis and um Spurrier like just um have been smart enough to use it as a way to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. It's, like I said, it sounds interesting, and that's uh, volumes one through four. Does that makes this whole, this whole thing out, or how? Yeah, that? Wish You Were Here is its own series because it was originally published as web comics, and it's four volumes total. Okay, all right, cool. Do you know what you're going to be talking about next time? Something a lot more family friendly. I'm going about <laughs> going on about um, like Elf Quest. Okay, Elf Quest. Well, we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, later.